All right, Audrey. So I'm pretty pumped up about tonight's episode because a few weeks ago, we were both on location at the Facebook Reality Labs open house. We did bring the old MFU, the mobile field unit, on with us because we wanted to grab an interview with with Chuck Hoover, who runs the lab, in order to just get a little more taste as for what's going on there and how they plan to grow and learn more about what they're doing. And we're going to have that as our first segment tonight. But what really got my attention at the event was, so you were part of this press panel that was going on where they had sure. the media in there kind of asking about what's going on with Pittsburgh's technology sector. And that everyone thinks, it's, of course, it's very cool that there's companies like Facebook and Google and Duolingo that are expanding in the city. But what's been coming up a lot and what you've been talking a lot about ever since you've been at the Tech Council for the past 12 years is how do we get more diversity across our technology sector? It's, I know it's always been near and dear to your heart. Listen, it's on everyone's mind, yeah. right? Everyone is talking about it and everyone is – is saying, you know, where did we go wrong? What, you know, we could look backwards all we want. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of academic theories and there's lots of behaviors that many of us have, have displayed over time. Many of us are just heads down trying to do work. And right. when we recruit people, we just look in a certain sphere. And you got the skills, you're skills, in. Right, right yeah. exactly. And now, you know, we're really looking at ourselves from a societal impact and saying, you know, wait, we can't have a bifurcated community. That's one of the things I love about Pittsburgh is that we can have these conversations and say the grit, the working class was the most pivotal piece of Pittsburgh. I like that. So when you have – so we talk about internships, right? There's this whole – you know, term of... I mean, that was your first response to some of the questions from the reporters. Right. It was around that what we're doing, what everyone should be doing is really investing in, in interns, and not just interns, but interns at all grade levels. Right. So, yeah, I mean, since I've been at the Tech Council, I've brought in a lot of high school students in. I even one had a middle school kid with me one summer for a couple of weeks. We did, yes. And, uh, and we now, you know, have, you know, an intern through the Nazareth School, and uh, he's been with us since his third year. I know. Isn't that, I, I can't believe I don't want to lose yeah, him. Yeah, when you said Jamal was here for three years, I was like, oh, my God. I know. Yeah, he's gotten a he's lot like taller. Family. He's gotten a lot taller over the past he's, three years. Yeah, but he, and he's, hel- <laughs> you know, he's just helped us on stuff. And we've learned – we've just learned from him just like everyday stuff by having conversations with him. I mean I don't have – a teenager anymore, and plus right. I didn't have, you know, when your teenager's your own kid, they have different conversations. Well, Jamal's made me less afraid of teenagers now. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. But, but when you have, when you don't have, you know, your own kid as a teenager, right. it's, they talk to you differently, their parents, exactly. et cetera. Of course. But my whole premise is, is that imagine, and this wouldn't even be hard, it wouldn't cost money, that we Every business, every business, like a business that has more than 20, 25 people. Yeah. You just take an intern starting from middle school to high school. Yeah, so from like sixth grade up, seventh grade up. Right. Yeah. And just one afternoon a week, one afternoon a week, two afternoons a week. Right, okay. It doesn't matter. Not to interfere with with their sports, not to, you know, interfere with extracurricular activities. But it's like a requirement. I, I like want it that. to be a requirement. Yeah. yeah, bring them in. Bring them in. It, it's a requirement for the student. It's a requirement for the family. It's a requirement for the business. I don't care. Figure out some clever ways to make this work. You know, I do it 
because I just think that it's so important to have external perspective. When you work like in the world that we work in, Jonathan, mm-hmm. you know, it's really easy to just get so monocular. Oh, yeah. And you just you think you know. You think you know. But when you bring in different perspectives and Shakes you have to adjust – You also have to adjust your language and you have to adjust the way that you – I can't curse as much. Yeah, it's you terrible. cannot curse as much anymore. <laughs> that's – which is – that's – listen. It's a good thing. Hire an intern if you want all your staff never to curse anymore. Exactly right. then you'll make sure. <laughs> but what we're doing is we're exposing people to uh, the work world and the new world in a way that they couldn't. Don't be afraid that you don't have anything for the intern to do. Don't be afraid. Let them shadow you. Just, just I've hang had out. People and, shadow right, me. just shadow, just to see what's yeah, going on. I've had people who've said to me, "Can I just shadow you?" That are just trying to think about their their world. Right. It's not hard to institutionalize this. And I want one I to would get like me, Pittsburgh I want one to, to be me known. Coffee, could, I, could yeah, that's why you don't coffee? get a personal oh, intern. Okay. I wanted one though. I would like to see that be part. There's two things I've always wished for for Pittsburgh. One is that every person that graduates high school out of the, this region has had an international experience. You've heard me say that. Yes. That the, and not going, you know, not going. It's not Canada, right? No, it's not Canada, <laughs> and it's not going, you know, to party in Cancun. Okay. But it's <laughs> oh, definitely. I was going to say, got that one nailed. <laughs> no. But what I'm saying. I've is, had an international experience. Yeah. Get everyone out. That should be our commitment. Like Similar that. to like Shake the Pittsburgh up. Promise as, as right. school. Could we Same work with the Pittsburgh Promise on this? Could you know we, people there? We might. I don't Could know. Shake We'd like to there? get people into college. I mean, that's what the Promise is, right. is doing. But my point is for yeah. southwestern Pennsylvania. Right. And the second thing is that people, every person by the time that they graduate high school has had experience working in the business world. Some Absolutely. experience. Yeah. Just being an intern. Just seeing how the real world works. Right. You know what I'm saying? And an intern can mean anything from maybe being assigned a project or maybe just job shadowing right. or maybe being a part of staff meetings. Well, I think I mean, you've was... seen me. I've brought them in in staff meetings. Oh, yeah. No, just right. to sit, just to listen, and... and then I debrief with them after that. Just so they kind of understand what, what happened and what went do down. Do you remember years ago when we did a tour, a tour. Uh, one day? Okay. And you showed a bunch of kids mm-hmm. uh, how to do lay- a magazine layout. Oh, yeah. That was kind of fun. Yeah, that and was, you that showed was them like, how to lay out a magazine, yeah. what you do. We had it on I the showed, projector. Some students had a podcast a few months yeah, ago. You showed yeah, some, that was great. Yeah. And I'll never forget one of the kids at the end of the day. They were with us for the whole day. The whole we were day. Magazine. Yeah. And it, one of the kids, we went around the room and they I said, said he felt sorry for me, right? No, <laughs> they did not. One kid said to me, so how did you become a CEO? It makes you capable of being really? a CEO. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Like, who are you? So what'd you tell them? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was great. No, I'm not going to tell you what I told okay. them right here. <laughs> Stay tuned next time. But I like it. We did. It was great because he probably a who were his role models. Right, 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 right. Right, and so afterwards, I remember just you know talking to him after that, <laughs> so and he's cool. like, oh, I just thought it was sort of cool, like you know, a woman running this organization. I never really think of that. See, he opened his mind, man. Right, That's and it was awesome. just, and he was so honest about it. Apparently, like yes. He, <laughs> it was, Very it open, was kid. <laughs> Very but open. Seeing the world from their eyes is critical if we are going to support innovation and we're going to be productive and we're going to understand what the talent gaps are. Great stuff. I feel like yeah. it's a gift. I feel like it's a gift to us. Exactly. Some people think 
it's certainly a gift for the interns and the students, yeah. but I feel like it's a gift to us. It's a good way to look at it. Very cool stuff. That's why I'm glad I asked you about this because yeah. later on to the next, our next segment after we go to break is going to be Facebook talking to Chuck Hoover. We also have Scott Pipitone from the Pipitone Group hanging out with us, talking about the latest technologies behind marketing, all that kind of fun stuff. And, Audrey, I had a special podcast I did in the Huntington Bank podcast studio with our friends from from the uh, from British Airways, from Legal Sifter, and from um, England's Department of International Trade about that trade mission we took back in October where we took uh, a handful of tech startups to take a tour of England and look at all the business opportunities oh, what a great that are there. So what we, a great trip. Yeah, we have a little recap on that. And we actually will hear from we'll hear from uh, from Legal Sifter about what they got out of that trip, which I think is very exciting. So that's all part of tonight's show. Can't wait to put this sucker into high gear. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. We are from the Pittsburgh Technology Council, that is for sure. Learn more about us at PGH Tech. Org. Well, Audrey, we're back here on Tech Vibe Radio, actually on the scene at Facebook Reality Labs here in the Strip District. And you know me, I get super fired up <laughs> when we get on location because I get to pull the old MFU out, the mobile field unit, and grab the interviews where they happen. I know, Audrey, you had some opening remarks here at this at this grand opening and just I mean, city officials, you name it, they were here today because everyone in Pittsburgh is pumped about Facebook really investing in Pittsburgh. Yeah, these are exciting times. I think that um, what I want to do is just really jump in and have a chance to talk to Chuck Hoover, who's here with us, and he really runs this operations. But, you know, getting an inside look in terms of what's happening here, it's it's actually so different than some of the other companies that have opened up. Mm. And uh, I'm going to let Chuck sort of give us a little bit of a teaser. So, hi, Chuck. Hi. We're glad to have you here. First, give us a little bit about your background and obviously what you're doing here with Facebook and give us like the, the nickel tour. Sure, yeah. Thanks Thanks for the introduction, Audrey. Um, so yeah, my name's Chuck Hoover. I'm the general manager here at Facebook Reality Labs Pittsburgh. And I've been in Pittsburgh for most of my career. I've been working in Pittsburgh for about 20 years now. I originally started out in architecture and design and then moved into technology and entertainment. So I guess the biggest chunk of my last two decades here in Pittsburgh have been in video games and interactive theme park attractions. But a couple of years ago, as the uh, the Pittsburgh Facebook lab was expanded, I started chatting with them about the work they were doing in augmented and virtual reality, which lined up with a little bit of the entertainment projects that I have worked on previously. And it seemed like an incredible opportunity. So I, I jumped over here, and it's been an incredible ride ever since as we've grown and expanded. And today we're announcing our, our new uh, unveiling of District 15, which is our, our largest Facebook facility in Pittsburgh with about 100,000 square feet and, and room for 250 developers to give us plenty of space to grow. And so why District 15? Yeah, so I guess there's a few reasons. Uh, in terms of our organization within Facebook, our work really evolves around creating the future of community and connection. And our team's built some some amazing uh, prototypes and progress toward that end so far. And that's really led to more and more investment from Facebook in our team and in our long-term research. And for us, we really needed a place to expand and grow. And we wanted a spot that was really central to the communities here in Pittsburgh. And, you know, the Strip District is is a place that's growing but has space but is still close to the city. And it's been incredible being down here with, with so much history that's in the Strip District and the other technology companies that are here, too. It really feels like a good tech community um, and, and the, the 
opportunity was right to, to jump in with everybody else. Kind of so how, how's the staff reacting to the new space? I mean, we're in the we're in the uh, space of getting a tour, and we're seeing some of the people at work, and everyone just seems like energized and fired up, and it's, it's got to be a great place, everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's been really good for us. There's actually three Facebook facilities in Pittsburgh now. Our, our previous office was in Shenley Plaza. Um, which had a lot of energy being by the universities, and, and there was always an interesting feel of that place. And we still are occupying that office and, and, and working out of there. There's another Facebook uh, facility on CMU's campus, and then this is the largest and newest one. And I think what really people appreciate here is feeling so close and connected to the city. Um, for anybody who's seen the building, we have large glass windows that look out you know, around around the river. Peering out them right now. Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful out there. And, and just having the views, that, like, you really feel like you're working in, in kind of this, uh, this glass box right in the heart of Pittsburgh. And I think it makes us feel a lot more connected to the city uh, than when we were a little bit further away. And so, you know, many people don't understand what what those words mean. So in terms of the work that you're doing. So articulate that. Yeah. You know, that's a good question. Um, I guess, you know, a lot of people think about Facebook as kind of the core Facebook experiences that are out there that we're all accustomed to using. Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, uh, those sorts of, uh, of online mobile phone device experiences. What our lab is really focused on is what do things like Facebook look like in the decades to come, far into the future? Specifically, when we talk about leveraging new technology platforms, so once we've moved past mobile phones, what's next? And to us, that vision is augmented and virtual reality, which are ways to experience different realities than our own using virtual reality headsets. So some of these are commercially available now. Facebook, through our uh, company Oculus, creates the Oculus Rift and the Oculus Quest, and these are consumer products that you can buy off the shelf right now. It's all piles of them in boxes downstairs. Yes, it's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah, we, we have a bunch here, and we all use them. And they're incredible products. Really, virtual reality has come back into the mainstream over the last three or four years, um, driven by leaders like Facebook and Oculus. And we really view those as the next computing platforms, as the next evolution of, of smartphones and PCs. We really view virtual and augmented reality as the next step. And then when we think about, well, what does a company like Facebook do when those new technology platforms are out. Our mission has always been to connect people through those other experiences that I mentioned. But what does that mean when these experiences are able to augment or adjust reality? And when we think about that, probably the deepest mission we have is is connecting people in a way that's just like face-to-face conversation. You know, the three of us are chatting right now and we're in the same space together. And we could have done this over the phone, but there's there's information that gets transferred between us sitting in the same space. It's the same reason you fly home to visit family or you travel to go see friends or you fly across the country on a business trip. We can do all of these things over video conference systems or the phone just as easily, and all the factual information still comes through. But body language, micro-expressions, facial expressions, emotions, eye contact, none of that happens unless you're really present with people. So really, we posit that to to change and invent the next communication platform, we need to be able to replicate that across any distance to evolve just transmitting video of ourselves or audio of ourselves, but to really uh, be able to be present physically using a virtual avatar, a virtual representation of yourself that can then be anywhere with anyone. And that opens up all sorts of interesting futures where you know, you may not need to 
to live in a particular area just because of your job, where you may be able to keep and maintain friendships when people move away in much deeper ways than you can today. And this is all happening here in Pittsburgh. And, and, and as you described, it's going to take a series of miracles to actually have this all come through, and you're starting to solve those miracles here. That, to me, is exciting. So here we are wrapping up this interview, and I'm actually sitting in one of the rooms at Facebook, and I'm looking over, and I can see the Pennsylvania Railroad Fruit Auction and Sales Building. And when I think of a real phoenix rising and the juxtaposition of everything that's happening here, I just want to thank Facebook. Thank Facebook for making it happen. So thank you, Chuck for the time that you have been at Facebook and a toast to the future because I know there's amazing things as we surge ahead. Well, thank you, Audrey. Yeah, I mean, I think it's thanks to work like the Pittsburgh Technology Council and other organizations here that have really made Pittsburgh a viable place for companies like Facebook to come into. Um, there's really an incredible talent bed here, an incredible opportunity to build and grow, and that's why we're here. If you're driving through the strip district here and you just look right across on 15th Street, you see District 15 where this is all happening. It is just absolutely amazing. And it was so much fun being part of this today, Chuck, having a big crowd here to welcome Facebook and to know that you're solving some of the world's toughest problems right here in Pittsburgh is absolutely amazing stuff. Can't thank you enough for the invite and taking time to talk with us today. Welcome back. I'm glad you're spending a good part of your Wednesday evening hanging out with us here on Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Audrey, technology just cuts across everything, right? Before we hit the record button here, we're talking to our guest, Scott Pipitone from Pipitone Group. And uh, we're just like, our minds are kind of melting because it's just like, Technology is just making everything change across everything. Well, every marketing, day. It's, every just, day. it's creating platforms and channels and things where we're just like, uh, how do you keep up with it? Yeah, so how does he keep up with and it? And that's what we're going to find out. So <laughs> <laughs> you got 10 minutes to talk. Yeah, I, to minutes. Okay. <laughs> I thought you guys were talking. Okay. <laughs> but Scott, thanks for hanging yeah, out with thanks us. Good God. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, so Pipitone, real quick, give us the, the, the pitch for Pipitone. Uh, you guys have been around Pittsburgh for a while. Yeah, 27 years. Yeah. Uh, started as a design firm. Now we're an integrated marketing agency that uh, works with uh, corporations and companies throughout the country. Uh, Today, actually, we had a nice little, there's about 40 people working on the north side, uh, and we just added another group there that's bringing some public relations expertise to it. Uh, Push 7 has uh, joined our team there. So we're we're doing work, uh, really great work, you know, across a lot of leading edge and some bleeding edge stuff there, but just there's a a lot of customers that, that need to have an integrated marketing agency working for them. They do. They cannot do it themselves. Yeah. And why is that? Why can't they do it themselves? Because it would cost them a whole bunch of money to have the staff that I have. <laughs> <laughs> so we we often say that you can rent, uh, you can rent our people. I like the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 but but you, you probably couldn't afford to have them all there. But but it, but it's true. Is that we bring a, a wide wide bunch of expertises together to help supplement our customers. Many of our customers might have, you know, five or six people inside in-house agencies there, but, you know, do they have, really have a digital marketing expert in there? Do they have a marketing automation expert there? Do they have somebody that can actually do VR or, or AR? And then we, your TikTok expert you're putting on board. Yeah, right? of yeah, course. Exactly. Oh, gosh. Keep, keep on it. Well, we, oh, gosh. See, but that is a challenge within our, our business is, <laughs> exactly. is keeping ahead of all that, you know, and, and bringing that type of talent because they're going to be looking for it because they're not going to be bringing that inside. Absolutely. In so, 27 years. Right. I mean, what has changed? Like, how would you say, thinking uh, back over the last two plus decades? Well, I, I just I think 
that people are looking for, they're, they're measuring more, they're looking at that return on marketing investment, uh, you know, with the digital, with all the digital type things that we can track that person and we can track them all through their journey of their, their purchasing. You know, and sometimes it gets a little it's scary. It's not so easy. It gets kind well, of sketchy too. Well, yeah, it, it, it's a tad sketchy, you know, it's, it's you know, because you, you can't be creepy. Audrey and I have this idea. Audrey had this idea of we want to use Amazon purchasing information to do a dating service. No, um, Amazon that, has a dating service. So somebody's already doing that. Well, just saying, we want to use the purchasing side. To, to but they're that. already doing it. They're, Amazon they're, has a dating service. Yeah, so let's, let's, they're, 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 yeah. taking, they're taking the data, and, and you know what? We're you know our, our we don't have the large customers like uh, you know that that are in the big B two C space. There, we have a lot of B two B customers and some smaller B two C customers that we are bringing that type of technology and that right. type of data tracking to them to help them understand the buyer behaviors. And so technology has really kind of helped us do that and have better conversations with our customer to be able to test things, you know, A, B, type of ABC, you know, kind of variety of different messages and that kind of stuff, but then being able to react a little bit more quicker than we used to. You know, before it was we were coloring, you know, as a graphic designer, you're coloring in things and making comps. You know, now, you know, and, and we were we were real excited when FedEx came on board, and now you know now it's just it's instantaneous. My customer in LA is looking for that that proof or that change you know done within the next fifteen minutes. Right, very cool. Wow. So how do you keep up? So what's your sweet spot? So if people are listening, they're saying, okay, Pepitone. What problems would they be solving? Um, I, I think our sweet spot is looking at the whole journey of where the buyer is and mm. trying to understand that and then being able to put the right marketing tools or the right marketing tactics and strategies in place where they are when they're ready to buy. Because we often say is that we always, you know, as marketers, let's just hit them, hit them, hit them. But we were looking for when they're ready to buy. You know, so what are the signs? What are the signals that they're giving? Yeah, hit them at the right time, right? Yeah. Like, like for instance, we we're working with one customer that, um, you know, we're, we're watching the behaviors of these architects and facility managers on their website mm -hmm. and when they are ready to uh, specify one of their washroom products. We're talking about a soap dispenser or a, a, a partition. Exciting stuff. Exciting. I like the partitions, yeah. Very Part exciting, very part important. Partitions. And, very important. And, and, need your privacy. And, and, stainless <laughs> and then, wait, here's the, even the most exciting part, the grab bar. Okay, the, the stainless Ooh. steel grab bar. Oh. With extra grippers. Yes, okay. But, but we can understand where that architect is in that journey when they're looking at it, whether they're ready to specify the product or they're huh. ready, ready to estimate that out or where they are so that we then put the right types of case studies or the right types of tools in front of them. Even to the point now is that we are, uh, when we know that that architect comes back to the website, we're actually generating content for them specifically to where they might be or where they might have been in their journey. That's insane. That's precision. Dude. That's what I'm talking That's about. That's precision. Because yeah. you think you think about an architect is that it's they're when they're working on buildings or something. It's not they're going to be doing a washroom in two or three buildings, or they might be working in right. variety. So exactly. you look at that person as a specifier, and then how can we keep them informed about the offerings of, of the toilet dispenser and the and the Whoa. Yeah. So do, is, Are cool. most of your customers Pittsburgh based? Uh, I, I think we're probably about a fifty fifty. Brace. You know, we, we work for some big, big organizations here in town, like Westinghouse and Presbyterian Senior Care and uh, Nova Chemicals. And but we also have a, a large contingent of our business is around building product manufacturers, yeah. and they are you know Chicago, New York, New Jersey, right. Florida, um, and they're international companies. Too, so we're, we're for love it, man. Diversify. You remind them that yeah. that your home is in Pittsburgh, right. so you're helping us. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, on they, the global they, map. I think they appreciate the. Um, I think they appreciate our values here. Do you? I think I think they do. 
Cool. Uh, you know, as far as you know, how you know the, the people that work within our group there, how dedicated they are to their business. Yeah. So let's talk about some trends. Okay. What are you seeing going yeah. on out there? We've got a list of some things I'm, I'm really excited to talk about. Okay. Talking about things like personalized content and virtual reality. I mean, these are the data privacy and security. These are some pretty cool things. Well, you know, a piece of, you know, it's interesting. Facebook acquired Oculus, which is specialized in, in VR hardware last year, and they're, they're selling a whole bunch of units, you know, millions of units around those things there. So, like, another one of our customers is in the, um, you've probably heard of them, Sloan. You know, and they make uh, urinals and other kind of washroom type there's of things. There's a bathroom <laughs> theme going on here. <laughs> going on here. Scott, there's but, a but, bathroom but, theme. But, but they, you know, they, they're able to take those products, their products, and put them in, you know, the viewer and have the architect or the specifier see those see those products right. in, in actual reality. The you partitions know. aren't high enough. Um, no, actually, I, I, <laughs> that's being worked on right now. There's, yeah. there's some. Par- it's, it's interesting about when you can take that whole thought about the, the actual BIM file or the drawing of that and then being able to three-dimensionalize that and then being able to, the architect being able to move that in the space. And then the best part about it is that actually then turns into a spec. Wow. That you then, that's insane. That's, 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 that the yeah. distributor representative can go off and print out. So, you know, it, it really is the, you know, that virtual reality is not just a matter of, hey, this is, you know, cool. It's just, it's a, more is about exactly. the fact. Exactly. Uh, Absolutely. Taking it into a commerce point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and in the, the trade shows that we go, especially in the architectural space, there's more and more companies that are that are doing that space that are having people to be able to see and kind of feel their their products in this space. And then, what about all the data security? Pieces uh, and the well, regulations tied to that. Well, I, I think you know what we had a, a big surge about a couple of years ago when the European Union put together the the whole general data protection right. regulation. GDPR. GDPR. Oh yeah, and I then, like saying GDPR much easier than the whole the general data. Well, know. We, you, know, you, Good you, you have to remember though what it was. But it changed. I mean, the, the penalties underneath that are amazingly steep and awful. Right. And yeah. that's, but it's all outside of the country. So right. all, of our, all of our companies, like the like one of the organizations, is the airport that we do work with here. So we had to make their site compliant, Vitro site compliant, Bobrix site compliant with that stuff. And California now is looking at making sure that all of theirs, because it really is, if you're just a, a U.S. company, you don't have to do that at this stage of the game. But as California is starting to look at it a little bit tighter, and so California is about one other state, and probably it'll be happening. For Within everybody. time, everyone's going to have to have right. those same levels, which is good. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's protecting, it's yeah, protecting privacy. Y- but. You know, it's protecting some, I believe, some of the privacy that's there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like how, how, can, how do you use the data? Data, you know, and uh, the data that you get from the user behaviors that are out there. And we've all been victimized by people that are just kind of assaulting us wherever we go and retargeting. But, you know, I think smart marketers are looking at using that in the right ways. You know, it's like, I, I don't want to be bothering you at whenever, wherever you go. I want to be bothering you the, in the right places at, at the, the right, right times. Time. Exactly. They're yeah. not even they're not bothering you, but being making sure that, you know, our brands are out there that, and that they have the products that you need. That's when I like being marketed to. Because when you know you're actually trying to get something done, then, it, then it's being helpful. But when it's, right. you know. It's just, and so, so we just the... The, the whole automation of everything, you know, artificial intelligence is also being used mm-hmm. for a variety of these these pieces that, you know, that gives us, again, you know, kind of helps predict when you might be needing this thing. Like we're using artificial intelligence for one of our customers right now to help them in their customer service side. That kind of uses a whole set of tracks there, and it keeps on learning about what these people are looking for and starts to give them the content. So it helps us save a little bit of useless, not to say useless, but then it keeps our customer service folks a little bit less, you you know, busy on the more mundane things, but then gets them into the real yeah. problems that help sell their products. Yeah, that's a new world of work. 
until you're seeing that right before your eyes. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's happening all around us. You know, it, it's, it's being used, you know, it's being brought into marketing much more than we thought. All the way wow. around, like I said, this wow, is a whirlwind. Yeah, it's, it's a whirlwind, isn't it? It's a lot of and stuff you're and able to keep up with it, which is pretty exciting. Well, we have we have talented people within our group there, and you know, and a part of our our group, um, you know, our always evolving, ever learning, constantly growing while doing great work with great people is part of our ethos. There is that we're sending people, training them all over the place. You know, we're sending them to, to uh, we're sending you know to, to trade shows and to learning pieces there because you, you can't know it all, and you right. can't keep yeah. on hiring for it all. You, if you got good people, you can teach them. They can learn and they can adapt, and we all have to be adaptable. Do you have any vacancies now? Um, I'm not sure. I think we do <laughs> two, three, four, maybe. Give it a week. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Something else will pop What's up. your website? Our, our website is pipitonegroup.com. And, uh, you know, I think uh, it's perfect stuff. Yeah, go there and check it out. It's like an impressive site. It's, you can navigate through it quickly, you can see all the capabilities that you have. Yeah. And that's what Pittsburgh is all about, man. Growing this company here for almost 30 years. That's yeah, for, amazing yeah, stuff. Yeah, started right here on the north side. Yeah, right great. above overlooking uh, what it, when it used to be Allegheny Center here. And so there, now yeah. you see the north side, right? Yeah. Over three decades. Well, over three decades. And one of my other part time jobs is I'm, I'm uh, the chair of the Chamber of Commerce here of the north oh, side. Oh, yeah. Cool. W- you Jonathan guys going to join? Yes. Yeah. You guys going to join? We I should think join. we're members, aren't we? I'm not, not sure you're on the list. Uh, have to <laughs> get Look at him hustling us now. Nice. Audrey, come on. I like That's being hustling. That's great. Okay. I love I that. We should be a part of that. Absolutely. Well, you should be. But, but it is. As long as the dues aren't too pricey. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you actually worked with the chamber yeah. and did a little podcast with some students, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. With, with a chamber, huh? Was, I'm trying to think of remember that one. Oh, that yeah. was. Helping with the neighborhood. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, Good cool. stuff. Anyhow, Good. we got to wrap this thing up because we're all out of time. I can't okay. believe it. It's Scott Pipitone, pipitonegroup.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for having hey, me. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. From the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. So glad you're spending your night here listening to Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsten with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And I tell you what, I'm really excited about this segment because uh, back in October, which seems like an eternity ago, but we had a really cool technology business trade mission that went to the to the United Kingdom. Really fun trip. We worked with British Airways on a great flight over there, hanging out with the de- with the Department for International Trade as a way to take Pittsburgh tech companies and show them the opportunities that are available throughout the United Kingdom. We were in London, Cardiff, all over the place. And we got a segment today talking to all the parties involved. It's kind of a complicated segment because we have some really cool folks all lined up. You're actually kind of calling in today as well, too, which I'm really excited about. We're going to be talking to Nicholas Crone, who's the Vice President of Sales at uh, British Airways, and Kevin Miller, the CEO of Legal Sifter, who was on the trip with us. And of course, we have Tim Crouch, who's the Director of Investments for the Department of International Trade, all part of this, this big kind of experiment that we did back in October, which was just a lot of fun. I think had some really kind of cool results at the end of the day, really kind of showing people that the UK is a great place to be doing business, especially if you're a tech company in Pittsburgh, as far as that is. And uh, so really to kind of kick things off, uh, Nicholas, first off, with British Airways, what's your background real fast? And, And tell us about British Airways and the excellent flight that we have that goes to London nonstop. We think it's fantastic. When that flight came to Pittsburgh, we were most pumped. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jonathan, for having me today. So, uh, so British Airways is the flag carrier for the UK. Uh, we have been operating for a little bit over a hundred years. Our, our one hundred year centenary happened uh, last August, and we are 
absolutely delighted uh, to to be growing in North America. Last year, we actually announced uh, our five-year business plan, which was a, a, a bit ambitious, but uh, we set a goal of becoming the best airline in the world over the next five years. And in order to achieve this, we realized our purpose was to connect the world with Britain and Britain with the world. And as a result, we needed to continue to grow our network with Pittsburgh becoming the 30th city in North America that we operate daily to London. Uh, with that said, I think we wouldn't be able to continue to do this without doing it profitably. And as with any partnership, we wanted to invest in the communities we serve by supporting the growth of 10 tech startups from Pittsburgh looking to grow and expand internationally. So I guess the way I describe it, I describe it kind of very similar to the Amazon virtuous uh, cycle or flywheel, essentially, you know, us supporting you know, these tech startup companies that are up and coming initially with their travel as they look to expand, hopefully they can grow their business internationally. And as a result, they could continue to to fly us and, and be loyal to us. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the tech industry was just absolutely fired up to have this easy connection because without connections, tech just doesn't happen. Business doesn't happen. And I mean, not only is it just a, a quick flight, but it's a comfortable flight. I know I talked to many of the people afterwards, and I'm sure Kevin will tell us about this in a minute. Just getting over there on British Airways is just, it, it's a good way to do business, <laughs> I think, for lack of a better term. And, and so how's the flight doing? I mean, obviously, I mean, it's doing well. Uh, you, you guys are happy with, with, with the results so far? So far, so good. I think, it, you know, like any any new go-to market strategy, uh, we, we start off really strongly because we usually kick our, our new flights off uh, at, at the beginning of, of April and May. So so right now, you know, in a couple of months, we'll be going on to, uh, to a full year here in Pittsburgh. And so the summer usually is very strong. Right now, we are perhaps at the the period where we're most challenged, which is what we call our winter low season period. But with that said, we're, you know, chug along through and through and and looking forward to continue to build momentum this, uh, this upcoming summer. We're looking forward to having you continue to grow here as far as that is. And I always want to remind people that, it's not just a flight to London, but it's a, it's a flight to the rest of Europe as far as that goes. So because, because from London, obviously, you can get to anywhere you want to get. And so that's why we're so happy here because it's not just London, it's not just England, but it's also the rest of the world. So we're so glad you guys are here doing this. And so, Kevin, from Legal Sifter, thanks for hanging out with us. You were part of this trip, which I think was so cool that, that the British Airways hung out with us, and they actually provided us with a flight to take you guys. I was jealous. I wanted to go with you guys, but I wasn't allowed to go. Oh, we're so fortunate. I know. We're so fortunate. I was getting some of the reports back from the trip, and it just seemed like such an awesome way to first you got over there in style. You're there quickly, and then all of a sudden you're visiting four cities and really seeing some of the opportunities. What were some of your insights about the trip? Well, first off, we're so fortunate to be able to have gone on that trip. It just wouldn't have happened as efficiently in any normal business operation uh, situation without the support of of British Airways and the Department of International Trade and the Tech Council. And, you know, for us, you know, uh, the U.K. represents one of the, our top three uh, target markets for our business. Excellent. All right. And we, are at, we have clients there today. We have prospects there today and growing. And we want to open up our first office and establish a presence there by the summer. And so for us, the timing was perfect. Definitely. Uh, you know, we've thought about this as a three-step process. Okay. The first step was to orient ourselves towards where we wanted to be in the country. And I think the trip did that for us. Second is to hit some more numbers as a business, which we've done over the last 100 days to prep for this. And then the third is to go ahead and execute on the, on the actual 
uh, strategy of, of opening a presence in, in the UK. That's so and exciting. We're, we're on track to do that. That is what I'm talking about. And knowing you can get there super easy. Yeah, and we get there super easy. So, <laughs> so, it's, so it's really, it's really a, a, good, a good thing for us. I'm saying this kind of works. <laughs> if we take some people over there, yeah. they make some connections, you realize this can happen, and you're yeah. making that, that, that come through. So that, that to me is exciting. And I, I'm assuming – so, Tim, you have to be really excited that you, these are some results that we're immediately seeing. We do this trip, and there's a really cool startup company here in Pittsburgh called Legal Sifter, and they're like, yeah – we're going to go to the uh, UK and set up some uh, set up a, a storefront, for lack of a better term. So, what do you think? Yeah, I could, could completely. I mean, so firstly, a big big thank you for, for having having us on today. I mean, I think from from our perspective, this this is a story we hear frequently, uh, and I think it's the story because the UK's approach uh, throughout has been to make sure that we get the fundamentals right, and so that's things like a low corporate tax rate making sure that there's good flow and availability of talent and labor, making sure that the UK is a really good place to do business. And so, you know, we, we like to make sure that the UK is effectively like Europe's premier product. But I think the, the other thing is making sure that we get the, the intangibles right. And I think, you know, talking today about the direct flight between Pittsburgh and London is a really good example of that, because actually those things also affect how businesses uh, conduct their operations overseas. You, know, you need that ease of uh, ease of connection. Uh, you need the ability to sort of uh, get to and from a place. Uh, and I think the the work that British Airways have done to open up this new route has been uh, really tremendous because it adds to those intangible elements that make the UK a really good place to do business. And most of, and I always, I've always told people as we've kind of discussed with a lot of companies I've dealt with over the years that you know they know they go to, they have to go international at some point. I always say like, why would you not go to England first? It just seems like a natural way to do it because a you got access to everything. The cultures are very similar. Obviously, the language is very similar. So it just makes it to me a, a lot more seamless to be able to go over there and say, here I want to be, I want to be in England in order to kind of get my international headquarters set up. So, so what, what else is, is is England doing to make it enticing for companies to come over there and, and create a presence? Yeah, so I think for for, for the UK, I mean, it, a big part of our story is is opening up our um, our market to the rest of the world. Uh, that's what a big part of the twenty twenty uh, cycle will be. We will be, uh, you know. Uh, making the most of the fact that we are now an independent trading nation, and that means making sure that we're an even closer trading partner for the United States. I think in in practice, we've always been a very good fit for all of the reasons you just said, a a common language, actually a pretty similar business culture. And I think, you know, the UK is is an easy landing point for US businesses. Um, But I think the the other thing um, that's really important is actually we... We have teams in the Department for International Trade who make sure that that process is as seamless as it possibly can be. Exactly. So, you know, we, we'll help with things like, you know, understanding the, the relative cost of real estate and office space between London and Manchester and Birmingham and Edinburgh and, and Cardiff and so on. And I was, I was really pleased to hear that the, the trip to the UK didn't just take in London, which is obviously, you know, it's an amazing asset, but it is. By no means right. the whole story for the UK. Exactly. You know, the fact that it also took in Cardiff and Manchester um, was absolutely brilliant news. Uh, and I think from, from my perspective, that that absolutely showcases what the UK has to offer, both the, the depth of expertise, but also the range of options that are available within the UK. 
very much so. And I, what I really love is the fact that, that DIT is this resource. You're almost like a Sherpa for someone over there where you can really show them the ropes and get them on the right footing when they come in as far as that goes. So, Kevin, have you been working at all with, with DIT as part of that? So it's part of our plan uh, to yeah. do that in Q2, uh, okay. calendar Q2. So I've, I've uh, you know, we had this three-stage, in my head, a three-stage plan, and we just kind of finished stage two, which was, okay, are we going to hit the numbers that we need to hit as a small business to go ahead and execute on our strategy of okay. the UK? And we've now done that. And so, in fact, I just had a meeting a couple of days ago right before this podcast, and uh, we said, okay, it's time to rev up the engines to get ready because it. we want to hit uh, we want to hit the ground before uh, the summer holiday, uh, if possible, and be ready for the back half of the year. Just in case, I will lend you my Union Jack bow tie when you go over because it gets you places. Simple as that. But anyhow, I'm really excited about all this. I can't thank you guys enough for hanging out and talking about this because, once again, without British Airways, having this great flight, having the DIT to get you over there, having a cool tech community here in Pittsburgh that's looking to go international, these three things come together, stuff starts happening. Love being able to tell that story, guys. Can't thank you enough for tuning into Tech Vibe Radio tonight, spending a good hour of your time learning all about Pittsburgh's technology ecosystem. Just to remind everybody, if you want more Tech Vibe Radio, it is literally at your fingertips at any time you want. Just head over to your favorite podcast channel, whether that's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. We've got a serious library of all types of Tech Vibe interviews going way, way, way back so you can get a little history lesson about what's going on in Pittsburgh's technology sector. So anyhow, just to remind everybody, the Pittsburgh Technology Council been around since 1983 helping your technology companies succeed. So many ways we do that, whether it's through visibility, through government relations, building new business, and finding the right talent. The Pittsburgh Technology Council definitely has your back. Keep tuning into Tech Vibe Radio every Wednesday night. This has been Jonathan Kirsting. Learn more at pghtech.org.